Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. Anthony Davis, he led the Lakers to a much-needed win that had the Raptors head coach furious. So finds likely incoming for this epic ramp, but did he have a point? And we have breaking news out of Los Angeles. Woj is here with all the details on Kawhi Leonard's new deal and if Paul George will be next. Plus, the NBA reinstated Draymond Green, but will he be enough to get them back into the playoff picture? Could there be more moves coming in Golden State? That and more next on NBA Today. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. He is our senior insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. She is Chinea Gumake, Brian Windhorst, Kendrick Perkins. I'm Malika Andrews, the Raptors. They were in Los Angeles last night, my friends. Nobody over 6'8 started for them, and this proved to be a problem because Anthony Davis, it was a recipe for him to just dominate. So we're going to pick this one up, Chinea, in the fourth quarter here. The Lakers down by five. Watch AD on this possession. Sets the screen, rolls. They've done such a great job of finding him as he's slashing to the basket. I mean, this was, it feels like his best game of the season, but the reality is we also remember the in-season tournament taking the right shot, the big three, and then just watch this again. I mean, LeBron James, it's hard to stop that duo because they are ferocious in the paint. Yeah, LeBron James here, pulls up for three. It would be good. He had 22 points, 12 assists in this one. But notice the score. The Raptors trading buckets with them at any given moment. And then Anthony Davis here elevates. Emmanuel quickly, he was called for the foul on this one. Let's take a look at it one more time. It was a sneaky foul. foul. It would be his sixth foul. He says, you know what? That's a bad call, man. And then 240 to play here. The Lakers. Another foul. Tough finish. Davis in the end one, but look again, Raptors players clearly not happy with the call. And then a minute to play here, the Raptors down by one. Scotty Barnes with drive. Bad idea. Can't get the foul called though. There was a whole lot of contact there. No foul was called there. And then on the other end, Pascal Siakam. He would be called for the foul on Anthony Davis. It was a mismatch for the entire team. I know typically we say heart over height. Well, that did not apply for AD last night. Well, why are we highlighting RJ Barrett here? Well, because this three from Scotty Barnes would be wiped away because RJ Barrett is called for the offensive foul on the moving screen there. They can't believe it. Raptors players just in disbelief here. Darko Ryakovic not happy. We're going to hear more from him a little bit later. Just take another look at this. It seemed like it was, you know, in the natural flow of the game. But, yeah. Stop. Brian said it. The Lakers, they go on to win 132-131 in this one. Anthony Davis, though, he had his fingerprints all over this. He showed up for Los Angeles in a big way. He's the first player for the Lakers since Shaq in 2003 with a game of 40 points, 10 boards, and making over 75% of his shots. And while Davis was a focal point, right, for the Lakers win, another key was the ability to get to the line, especially late in the game. Just look at the free throw breakdown here in the fourth quarter. 23 to 2. So it's safe to say that Raptors head coach Darko Ryakovich, he had some thoughts on this one. That's outrageous. 
what happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all-stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force, trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How's that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. What's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap. <laughs> I mean... I raised Darko right. Wow. I Darko. He was, when he first started, when he first came over to the NBA, he was an assistant with the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is your doing? he hasn't changed. Well, yeah. I mean... Is, the feist in there. <laughs> Besides um, yeah. the fine that is un. Undoubtedly coming darkest way. He got his money worth, man. Brian, what was your reaction to okay, that? Okay, so there's, there's some stuff going on here. Uh, first off, the lead official in this game is ben, was Ben Taylor. Ben Taylor was the referee, you may remember. The Raptors fans, I don't have to remind them, was the referee that Fred Van Vliet called out by name last season uh, because he felt that he was being unfair to him. He had called a number of technicals. He got $30,000 fine. So whenever the Raptors see Ben Taylor on the crew, they're already on edge. Secondly, Scotty Barnes hasn't been getting foul calls for much of the year. He's only had two free throws in the last three games. So this, I think, has been boiling. And then you look at all these calls. But I will say this. The Lakers lead the NBA in free throw differential. Every night, virtually, they get more free throws than their opponents. So you have a series of things going up. And then, of course, some of these calls. That did seem like a flop in Anthony Davis. We didn't have the highlight. Austin Reeves had a, had a foul where it was a very late call. When you actually look at it, it wasn't Ben Taylor blowing the whistle on all these. But because Ben Taylor was on the crew, I think they were on edge from the start. And the way the fourth quarter went, Set Darko off. I mean, it was Darko game plan. He decided to go 6-8 across the board and disrespect Anthony well, Davis. Well, Yaka I, I, I get it, but what, what you thought was going to happen, right? AD took took advantage of what he had to do. Oh, I'm just tired of all the crying. Everybody's crying about officials every single night. It, it's, it's exactly as Brian described it, and, and you're right, Perk, with the smaller lineup. But I think especially when teams come to L.A., organizations, not just players, but uh, – front offices, coaching staffs, they're all predisposed to believe that the Lakers are going to get a better whistle than everybody else uh, (laughs) because that's what the league wants. It goes back to David Stern saying, what's your ideal finals? And he said, Lakers versus the Lakers. And that's existed for a long time in this league. And then you add LeBron James to that team. And so that mindset exists. And then so when all this is happening, you get that kind of reaction from a team. Yeah, I think to summarize the Raptors' point of view, one of my favorite books, a series of unfortunate events that happened especially in that fourth quarter. But to me, the story of the game was Anthony Davis. I mean, we are a month removed from the in-season tournament where he dropped 40 and 20. And what did he do last night? My goodness, this is the Anthony Davis that we have been waiting for. Now, let me go more specific. This is the Anthony Davis that LeBron James has been waiting for as well. The reason why they extended him, the reason why they hoped he play at this caliber. And this is why LeBron James said he is the face of our franchise. He was manifesting these types of performances. 13 for 17 from the field in the fourth quarter. Did not wilt, did not complain, just kept going at them. When you play 6-8 and below, he has to be a beast, and that's exactly what he was. I love that he didn't force any of his shots. He went right through the defense. He knocked down the three when necessary. 
The Lakers have found a small formula that can help them. Their right. starting lineup was a little bit more balanced. They're getting more offense off the bench with D'Lo and also Christian Wood. And overall, I mean, they competed. Like yep. There were points where the Raptors <laughs> hit some daggers and they went right back at them. So overall, Anthony Davis has really emerged to be like the heart and soul and beat of this Lakers squad. Season high, 41 points on 13 of 17 shooting from Anthony Davis, along with 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Ooh. This is the recipe in this home stretch that we have mm-hmm. been harping on that they need to take advantage of. All right, I do want to shift to some breaking news regarding another Los Angeles team. Clippers star Kawhi Leonard has signed a three-year, 153 million dollar extension to stay with the team through 2027 Woj reports the Clippers they're set to open a new arena remember next season and now they have the face of their franchise committed to help them in this new era so Woj Kawhi though he's been eligible to sign since the summer why did they decide to do this now uh, this is huge huge for the Clippers who wanted to get some certainty moving forward uh, of what these extensions would look like what it would cost them to re-sign Kawhi Leonard, and then potentially Paul George, and of course now, you know, they can do James Harden in the offseason, but they were certainly at the very apex of league payrolls in L.A., and with the new salary cap, that second apron, they've got to bring those numbers down, and they were not going to be, they were not going to do a max extension Mm. with Kawhi Leonard. They get him now below the max, and now the talks with Paul George, those are ongoing. Those will continue. Uh, But I think what the Clippers are trying to do is get these contracts locked in with then an ability to be able to still put players around them uh, that that can help them win a championship. You're going to see this more and more in extensions, especially with players in their 30s and certainly with the injury history that we've had, uh, especially with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Massive for the Clippers to get this done, but they've got to get Paul George done. Those talks will continue. And uh, James Harden, that's one they can't do until the offseason. But certainly, that has been a great partnership. He wanted to be in L.A. I think there's a lot of optimism. They'll figure out a way. Uh, But then it allows this team, again, uh, to be able to go forward and not be in salary cap hell where you just don't have a supporting cast around your roster. You don't want it to look like what the Phoenix Suns do right now. So the fact that Kawhi signed is important. The details that Woj brought us about the terms of the extension are most important. And the reason is... He had one year left on his contract with a player option. He could have been a free agent this summer, but what he really did was only add two years to his contract. He added two years. And both of those years, while it's big money, like Woj says, it's $50 million a year, it's below the max. Mm. So he is taking only two new years below the max. That sets the stage for the negotiations with Paul George and with James Harden. Now, Harden can't extend during the season. It's against the rules under anything. But it sets the terms for which they're going to talk. You know, Paul George's contracts and Kawhi's contracts have been the same. Yeah. When Paul came to the, to, the, to the Clippers, it was with Kawhi. When they extended last time, they did it basically at the same time. This sets the, t- the terms for their negotiations going forward. A banner day for the Clippers, not only to compete for a championship this year, Perk, but to compete into the future. I think this opens a nice window into the future. Oh, it's no future. It's no future. The, look, the Clippers have to win now. The Clippers have to win the championship now. And this is why I say it, right? One, we don't know what's going to happen with Ty Lue. I understand he still have another year, but we don't know how he feels about the situation. We don't know what James Harden's mindset is at. He left Philly because he wanted max dollars, right? Because he, quote-unquote, said that Daryl Moore promised him max dollars. We don't know what's going to happen. And here's why I say the Clippers have to win now. Why the Clippers have won, they think they won by signing Kawhi to under a max deal. 
Kawhi won as well. We don't know what his status is going to be with his health. Every single season in the postseason, something that's playing awesome. Now, though, he's playing. He's played. He held the hold on, line. Said, I want hold on, hold on, years. Wendy. They would have had trouble. Listen to me. Stay with me. He was playing great last postseason. I picked the Clippers to beat the Suns in the first round, and then he went out. How much cartilage do he have in those knees? I agree. But how long do he have right now, The fact that they got this He contract, wanted to secure the bag. Hey, listen, I get it. And I'm, and I'm glad he did. Contract while he was playing the best basketball he's been a Clipper is a huge victory and, for the Clippers. And he could have pushed for more. For I mean, he could have been harder to deal with in this situation, but going under the max, as you outlined, is yeah, the most I, important. Listen, again, I think the Clippers think there was, for them, they, they didn't feel they could, they could put a championship team on the floor if they're going to ma- just do – Two new max contracts with these players. It's not feasible. I think there's a part of the Clippers as an organization, they were ready. We will reboot this if we have to. Now, you gave up a lot for James Harden. What the Clippers knew and what Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and now James Harden, these guys all wanted to be in L.A. And they're from L.A. And they want to play together. And they're seeing it finally work. And so it's always a negotiation. And Ty Lue, listen, we're talking about, luxury tax and second apron and a lot of financial issues that constrain a roster. There's no constraints on Ty Lue uh, and his next deal. You just saw that in Miami last night. What a with week for Ty Lue. <laughs> yeah. Ty Lue gets, gets Kawhi extended. Yeah. Yeah. And when that when that hit, I can't. I wanted to see Ty Lue's face when he saw that. But, but it, and I know Ty Lue sees Woj's but, tweets. But, when he saw Woj report <laughs> yep. that but, Spolstra contract, but, <laughs> Well, well, number Who's one, next? well, number one, Ty Lue is not Ty Lue is not on Twitter. Second of all, his face lit up when he saw Monty he Williams come. When he saw, he saw Monty that. Williams come. But, but listen, Ty, Ty Lue wants to win. He's got the opportunity now with this group healthy and playing together. Yeah. I think he's like you don't take Ty Lue for granted. But this is what he's wanted. I don't think it's going to be hard. And to they're close. Part yeah. of this. They are incredibly close. But as we've seen with a team like the Memphis Grizzlies, who was up there, and then all yeah. of a sudden it came tumbling down. What you don't want to do is bank on you can just have this and run it back year after year it's after fragile. year. And with Kawhi playing in 32 of 36 games, fragile is the word. Now is the window to capitalize. All right, we got a lot to get to on our show. Still to come on NBA Today, Draymond Green. He is close to a return. Hear what he said about his suspension. And will he be enough to lift Golden State back to the playoffs. I don't know, Parker, you sold on that quite yet? Hell no. We're less than a month away from the trade deadline. Will Pascal Siakam be the next big move? And which team needs him to make a title push? Plus, the new look Knicks. Man, they are steamrolling the competition, Janae. I mean, have we seen enough to call this OG Knicks the real deal? (laughs) We're going to discuss that and so much more. You're watching NBA Today. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. NBA Today is presented by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. Perk, you look great. (laughs) Five games on the slate last night, so let's go coast to coast on the action. We're going to start with the West's best, the Timberwolves. Minnesota, they got out to a 30-point halftime lead. They never looked back. They routed the Magic. Cat, Rudy Gobert combined for 49 and 18. Towns reposted the claim. Best big man duo in the league. Perk, you agree? I'm stamping it. I mean, it is a beautiful thing to watch. The big-to-big passing, the doubles high pick-and-roll, the anchoring of the defense, the crashing of the glass. I'm telling you right now, the Minnesota Timberwolves are doing their thing with this with these two bigs, Rudy Gobert and Carl And then the question Tom. becomes, who <laughs> are they going to pay? But that's a question for another day. From the top of the standings to the bottom, Detroit. All right, the good news, the Pistons scored a franchise record 47 first quarter points. The bad news is they only scored 63 for the rest of the game. They lost to the Kings by 21. I shouldn't have laughed. Brian, the Pistons are on pace to have the worst record in NBA history. Will they do it? Just another chapter in the horror novel that this season has been for the Pistons. <laughs> and now Cade Cunningham is out seven to ten days. Yeah. History tonight, everybody. Clear your schedule. Pistons, Spurs, 8 and 64 between them in the 77-year history of the NBA. It's the worst matchup in and, the history. And you can watch Wimby for $20. Oh, I can't wow. wait. Luka Doncic has been on fire lately, Bet. including hitting this insane trick shot you just saw pregame. But 30 pieces from Luka, Kyrie, they weren't quite enough to beat the shorthanded Grizzlies. Cheney, Dallas fell to seventh in the West. Do you think they're destined for the play-in? I don't think that they're relegated to the play-in just yet. I believe they're yeah, you're seventh. Uh, they're, they're still capable of being a playoff team based off of their offense, but what worries me is their defense. They're out-rebounded by 20. You can't do that in the playoffs, play-in, or whatever. Well, and that's been the question. Do they have enough size there? So last up, the New York Knicks. They kept it rolling. Blowout win over the Blazers. They moved to 5-0 and since acquiring OG Ananobi. The Knicks, they've won their last four by a combined 96 points. That's their second-best points differential in franchise history in a four-game span, trailing only the 94 Knicks. And what did they do? Oh, yeah, they went to the NBA Finals. So the Knicks' win streak is impressive, and you could go for a bit longer when you look at their upcoming schedule, right? They have two more games on this road trip. Then it's back to MSG for a four-game game homestand and it's not the most difficult strength of schedule so the new look Knicks they have New York fans going like oh wow orange and blue skies those are the <laughs> limit but Janae what is real about this Knicks win streak what's real is that the transition has been super smooth for OG Ananobi and I really love his game I think a lot of times we talk about superstars we talk about stars but there are star role players and he's almost like emerging out of that shell and if you look at this tape right here I'll show you exactly why he's coveted as one of the best three and D players in the NBA three knockdown threes D for defense look he doesn't you know hesitate to finding open space right now he is third in the NBA and made corner threes with 40. So he finds his spots and the corners can knock down threes so that when he's on defense, he's a madman. He fights through screens. Not only is contesting the play, help defense, but then he's rover. He's safety. I know it's a big football news day here on ESPN, but right there, if you get deflections like that, you're going to be on to the other side for touchdowns, right? So look at this right here. Just his ability to impact the game. with It's like he does 
more with less. And that's the best scenario for a coach, to be able to have someone out there that can do his job. He is like the, he's like the perfect child for Coach Thibodeau. Look at this plus minus, Brian. Their defense since trading for OG Ananobi has been shockingly good. Their numbers are awesome. They win this game by 30 last night. I know the Blazers aren't that good of a team, although they've surprised some teams recently. Yeah. Jalen Brunson goes 3 of 11. Uh, Julius Randle had just sort of a pedestrian or below average shooting night, and they win by 30 because they're killing defensively. They're giving up 25 fewer points a game than they were in December. Since they've come to January. 25. Now, granted, that may be a little bit of a bubble and, you know, a statistical anomaly, but you can't ignore how they're playing defensively, and you know your boy Tibbs, bro. He's loving that. Teacher's pet, and, and, OG and an OB. And, and I'm loving Tibbs and the Knicks. And let me apologize <laughs> to, to Sinead right now. Because last week, the topic, <laughs> two shot, two shot, yes, two shot. because the topic <laughs> came up about the Knicks being legit title contenders, and I was kind of, you know, going back and forth with Sinead. Damn it, they are. They're the second best team in the Eastern Conference right now. They're the second best team in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> and it's built because they have an identity. They know what they're going to do on both ends of the floor. And here's the thing. We keep talking about stars. We keep saying, oh, they don't have a star. Miami didn't have one. I mean, Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy, is that a real thing? Yes. Yes. Can we see playoff Brunson this year? That's a real thing, and it's, it can happen. But isn't it Duke, not necessarily about playoff Brunson? Isn't no, it about playoff Randall? No, I know it is about playoff Randall, but, but stay with me for a second. Last year, we didn't know if Kate, we didn't know Caleb Martin. Caden Barton was going to take the leak that he did in the postseason, yeah. right? No one, knew, no, no one knew his name. No one really talked about Gabe Vincent. You're going to be talking about a guy like McBride. We're going to be talking about Quentin Grimes this postseason. The Knicks are for real. So one more time, Perk. I was right, as yeah, you always. Was, you, was, you was right. Thank you, sir. I'll take it. I'll accept it. <laughs> I'll take it. But in the playoffs, I mean, Brian, when you're looking at this, doesn't it come down to it's going to be more than just Jalen Brunson? Yeah, I mean, if you want to build a case for why the Knicks have a shot to win the East, what you would say is that the Bucks have some weaknesses and potentially the 76ers might have some weaknesses too. We, we haven't quite seen them play the gauntlet. But I will say that you can't judge this East perk until we see after the trade deadline to see what the Sixers do at the trade deadline and see if the Knicks do something else at the trade deadline. But if you're looking for the orange and blue, orange and blue uh, view, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you're. I don't like them against Boston, but you know, I'll give them a bunch of. I don't need it. That's why I said they're the second best team in the East. Well, I don't think they're better than Philly, but I think their potential. But I like the pace. I mean, we talked about Philly in the process. I like the pace that the Knicks are making. They're improving because it goes from, what, getting Randall, yep. drafting uh, Barrett, now moving to grabbing Brunson. I know Barrett's gone now, but still, the pace is working, and I think that the next step is probably the closest that will put them as real contenders for yeah. championships. It's a little bit of talent. It's a little bit of luck. It's the recipe the Hawks followed in 2021. It's a recipe we but see But they're built Miami more sustainably than that and Hawks squad. Absolutely. That is a very good point. All right. Still to come on NBA Today, let's get back to the Western Conference because as Draymond Green moves closer to returning, is he all the Warriors need to get back into contention? We will answer that. And while Zion and the Pelicans, they're in San Francisco tonight, Big Perk, he tells us why the clock is ticking on Zion's time in New Orleans. Really, Perk? Plus, the NBA trade deadline, can you believe it? It's less than a month away. So what moves can the Suns, the Kings, the 76ers make? NBA Today has the answers. That's spicy.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This will be a disaster of a half for the Warriors. Got punked from the jump. Got punched in the mouth right away. They are just picking the Warriors apart. They wanted to be a team that was not dysfunctional. And then they spiraled into absurdity. This dynasty has ran its course, and we just have to face the facts. The challenge for us, like we say, is to find chemistry and to find an identity as fast as possible. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. Let's not sugarcoat it. This is gut check time for the Golden State Warriors. They have no more room to lollygag, and now help is on the way. Forward Draymond Green, he's back with the team after being reinstated by the league last weekend. He's missed the last 12 games, with the Dubs going 7-5 and five during that span, and they fell to 12th in the West. So now the question is, what happens now? Are the stomps, the punches, the suspensions in the past for Draymond Green? Is he worried about crossing the line? My goal is not to come back and worry about crossing the line um, because I still have to come back and play the game the way I know how to play the game and be the best me that I can be for my team to, to help give my team a chance to win. Can I accept the fact that my, my antics has been over the top? Of course. Can I remove those? Am I capable of removing those? Of course. No more buts. Just, you know, an apology needs to be an apology, and then you move on. But then you have to learn from that apology. That's just kind of basic, standard, you know, behavior. And that's what we need. I've cost my team enough. You know, I've cost this organization enough. You know, and so um, it's not a time for me to just come back and be like, all right, I'm going to take my time and get back when I can. No, like, you cost this yourself. I mean, what is that from Steve Kerr? An apology just needs to be an apology. That's what it is. I thought it was the most important thing I was said yesterday. Well. Because Draymond is one of the savviest players when it comes to media that we've ever seen. And he's had a long time to think about what he's going to say. What Steve is saying is when he's being savvy with apologies, because I've seen Draymond do this before, where he'll say something, and then he'll very theatrically say, but. But I need to be me. Because he's very eloquent and knows exactly how to present a case. So right. I almost thought that was the most important thing. With Steve saying the line, don't say but anymore. That's what this means. No, Actions but it, over words. But, but no, sometimes it has to be the three dots because you got to add on to an apology because we don't want Draymond Green to change 
who he is as a basketball player because that's going to take away from the game of basketball in the Golden State Warriors, and it's not going to allow Draymond to be the best version of himself. Do I want him to go out and choke somebody out? No. Do I want him to slap somebody? No. But I do want Draymond Green to be the Draymond Green that's going to go out there and get in guys' faces, that's going to go out there and bring that tenacity, that's going to be talking noise, that's going to be clapping, bringing the intensity, bringing that, that fire and that dog mentality to the Golden State Warriors. That's who Draymond Green is. And that's why for over the past decade during their dynasty run, he has been the heart and soul of their team. Steph Curry has been the best player. Draymond Green has been the heart and soul. He has been that guy that's been that engine. And so at the end of the day, I understand those buts behind that because he's apologizing for the antics, but he's saying, I got to go continue to be me. I don't mind him getting a couple technical fouls for arguing some, you know, calls with the officials. That's who Draymond is. But it is. just can't cost his team anymore. And I think that, honestly, when I was watching this, hearing this, I just kind of sort of tuned it out. Because at this point, all that matters is what Draymond does on the floor. How he handles adverse situations. Because he is the glue, like you mentioned, the heart and soul, but he is the thread. And so he can go up there, and I think what Steve Kerr alluded to is that this is a life skill. I mean, we all have, you know, relationships in life. And we're, we're, we're learning that you can't put butt in an apology. Like, people have been waiting to hear what he has had to say if he's been able to show a little bit of contrition. And I'm just like, at this point, we've heard a lot of words. You had a whole podcast. We don't want you to lose your edge. You're going to have to show us on the floor. Right. Because at this point, yeah, well, at this point, the stake is as high as it has ever been for the Golden State Warriors. And he is the key to saving the season. The reality is what he does offensively and defensively. He, I mean, Steph, it's not so easy without Draymond. We all see this. Defensively, he is the ultimate defensive guy. So, but like, can, can don't we, lose your edge, but, but... But can we stop with this saving the season for the Golden State Warriors? Oh, you're saying it's already lost. Yes, let, let's stop with that. But look... It was a time why it was, you know, Doc Rivers had to face the fact that he had Kendrick Perkins, Kevin Garnett, and Rasheed Wallace all on one team. And we led the league in technical fouls. And Doc kept saying, hey, guys, I need y'all to chill out. Till at one point he was saying, you know what, just be y'all. We just got to deal with the ticks. This is who y'all are. I'm not talking about the other things, but I'm saying when we talk about the butt, Draymond is saying, I can't go out there and just be a nice guy, a quiet guy. I think we all know that, though. That's the thing. We all know how he plays. We've all been able yeah. to follow his career. Yeah. It seems like techs are fine. It's the suspensions. It is the what the league has deemed to be out of control. And it, it's a tricky situation, right? Because the league has to, the league looks at, okay, well, is this sorry enough? Right? They, they, they are in the business of litigating, was this enough? Was this enough time to say, you know what, you are welcome back on the floor to play this game. And and that gets slippery. But what we know is that Draymond, it, it's not about whether or not he gets a tech. It's about whether or not he's around for Golden State because Steph is so affected, even his play on the floor, when Draymond isn't out there. Yeah, I mean, the real thing for the Warriors is that the, the, the lineup that they had that won the title two years ago, which is Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, and Looney, that is their championship lineup. By the way, when those guys played last year, Jordan Poole. they well, he wasn't. Yeah, but even <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that was, when those, that was before time. When those guys played last year, they were still one of the best in the in the league. Now look at them. That's where the Warriors' problem is. Like, okay, obviously Draymond's got to be there. He can't be sitting at home. He's got to be there. But that number, 
Those guys, are, and like, I understand that Kuminga is playing better. I understand Pajemski is playing well. I understand that Trace Jackson Davis has earned some playing time. That's all well and good. But unless those five guys play at the, the, the level they can play at, it isn't going to matter. And so Draymond's got to get back and do his part. Looney's got to do his part. Right. Wiggins got to do his part. Draymond's just a piece of it. But they don't get that back. It's all moved. So the last time Golden State was this low in the standings, was, was 12th in the standings, was 2019-2020. That's when Steph was out. That's when they were missing all of their guys. That's when they got the, yeah, the number two pick that ended up landing them, James Wiseman. We won't talk about that part. But when you look at the standings and Golden State is 12th, Perk, you said that you think it's over. I mean, Brian, what is the path for them? Is the highest they can go, in your opinion, the play-in tournament? And who saw two play-in teams reach the conference finals last year. Sure, but who there are you bumping out? I mean, if those five guys play to their ability, they're better than most of the teams in front of them. Like, it's a huge if. Don't make me say it, Malika. Say it. I see my Rockets on there. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not, no shade to my team, no shade to my squad. But, like, I think the, the expectations have shifted, and you're absolutely right, Perk. When we think about the Golden State Warriors, we talk about dynasty. And when we talk about dynasty, we think that they're competing for championships year in and year out. The idea that this is a championship squad right now dealing with this Western squad, the expectations have shifted. They can still save their season to the point that they can compete. And they, we saw a playing team make it to all the way to the NBA Finals. The, not saying that that's going to happen again not, for this squad. It's not. But they still can keep, um, I guess, the fr- I think the Golden State Warriors want to keep the framework together playing the best version mm-hmm. of basketball as long the, as possible. They're, they're, not be- they're not beating the Denver Nuggets in the seven-game series. They're not beating the Los Angeles Clippers in the seven-game series. They're not beating the Los Angeles Lakers in the seven-game series. Don't even get me started with the LeBron and Steph, you know, record when it comes to Steph not having KD. Have we seen Steph Curry win his last title with the Golden State Warriors? Hell yeah. Yes. Probably, but not definitely. And that's what they're trying to. That's what they're trying to do. This but is what, so emotionally but draining. But Kirk, you know this when you uh, were with the when you were with the Celtics when you guys had that lineup, you believed you could beat anybody. We did and when you, we and was you healthy. You couldn't get it back together because you had injuries and stuff. But you we, always wanted to get yeah, back to it. Yeah, we never lost a game when our starting five was healthy. And, and I that's understand. what they want to get back to. They still believe it's there. Well, yeah. the expectation is that Draymond Green will be back on the floor for the Golden State Warriors this upcoming weekend, and we will certainly be revisiting this. Here's you NBA could be right. Wednesday doubleheader. But it might be. We're going to see Steph and the Warriors in action tonight. Options. <laughs> Against Zion and the Pelicans. It's at 8.30 Eastern on ABC. Then on ESPN. Oh, he's playing tonight? And the Nuggets. They're in Utah to take on Lowry Markkinen and the Utah Jazz. NBA Countdown tips it all off at 7.30. I'm telling you, no sleep on the Jazz prime time. Uh, Jordan Clarkson? Let's go. All right, Joel Embiid and Kevin Durant, they have MVP resumes, but they may need a little bit of help. We're going to tell you what pieces are missing for both the Sixers and the Suns. That's next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Malika, you going up? Yeah, we're, come on. We're right, coming right, late to the show. Where the hell is everybody? Girl, we gotta go. 
I'm not running, I'm speed walking. Where the hell have you guys been? Seriously. <laughs> I mean, where the heck are you, Richard? It's time to dust off one of our favorite segments, Elevator Pitch. You hear the music. There are plenty of teams that feel like they might be a little bit stuck. So all of you are going to have 24 seconds to sell all of us on what a team needs to do to hit that up button and reach their ceiling. First up, Chinegu McKay, let's see who is behind the elevator doors. Dick Ooh! The 76ers, 24 seconds on the clock. Please, Director Jill. One of my favorite squads, the 76ers need to stick the landing. They need to stick the landing by adding a championship piece that could potentially be someone like Pascal Siakam. I love him as a piece because one, he has championship experience and pedigree. Two, the Sixers have upped their pace. They were about like third last in pace. Now they're around the top 10. A player like him can really help maximize Embiid's window as an MVP. Oh, that was close. Well done. All right, Brian Winhorst, you're right. next. Let's see. I'm going to do this who in is... seven seconds or less. Well, let's see oh. who's behind the doors first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see what you they did there. They need time. They need time. Frank Vogel needs time to get everybody aligned. We need time for Devin Booker to learn how to be a vocal leader. We need time for Bradley Beal to learn what it's like to not be a Washington Wizard and be a member of the Phoenix Suns. The role players on the team need time to learn where they fit. This team just needs time. I know everyone's freaked out about how they've struggled. Just give them a little bit of time. They'll figure it out. Give them that. that well, speaking of time, I mean, was that seven, seven seconds? seconds? I, math was my worst subject in school, but I know that was not seven seconds. All right. Last but certainly not least, Kendrick Perkins. Let's see who is behind the doors for you, sir. Bam! <laughs> one of my favorite players in the league, De'Aaron Fox, one of the most exciting teams in the league, the Sacramento Kings. I feel like they've been going down. And I get it because I, I know y'all may say, what? But I need more consistency out of them. Like, they've been getting smacked a little bit, especially that loss by the Pelicans. I need with this team and what they have, with the experience of playing last year, going seven games with the Golden State Warriors, they have to be better. That was good for you. Yeah, we're going to call that a buzzer beater. All right. You're well, leaving me hanging? Two of those teams. No, there you go. They're in action next Friday on our ESPN NBA doubleheader. De'Aaron Fox and the Kings take on Joel Embiid and the Sixers at 730. And then Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, they host the Pelicans. Coverage begins with NBA countdown at 7 o'clock. To some news now out of Miami. Heat coach Eric Spolstra has agreed to an eight-year contract extension worth more than $120 million, the most committed money in North American coaching history, according to our senior insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Spolstra, who has won two championships and reached the NBA Finals six times, is now locked in with the only franchise he has ever coached. And look at here. Heat royalty chimed in on social media to salute their former coach. LeBron posting worth every single cent, and D-Wade followed up with eight money bags for the years, the eight-year deal, of course. Adrian Wojnarowski is back with us now. What does this extension, Woj, mean for Spolster in the Heat? Uh, Malika, uh, listen, the, the Heat are acknowledging what everybody in the league knows. Eric Spolster is the best coach in the NBA. If he had a draft, he made every coach available. He'd be the number one overall pick. And what's unique about that is it wouldn't matter if you had a team in a rebuild, if you had a team in the middle you were trying to get to the playoffs, or if he had a championship team, because he's shown he can coach all of them. And I think for Eric Spolstra, this is all he's ever known. Mm. The Miami Heat organization started in the video room under Pat Riley and then moves up two championships 
a coach who, you know, a few years ago told me on my podcast that he thought about the idea of someday having the dual role of Pat Riley as president and coach whenever Pat Riley leaves. And he may outlast Eric Spolstra. Pat Riley may outlast everybody in Miami. Uh, but this is the most money any coach in North American professional sports has been guaranteed over the course of a deal. There's coaches who make more. Yeah. Uh, Greg Popovich makes about $19 million a year. This is a $15 million a year average. And there's coaches in the NFL who make in the 20s. But over eight years takes us over $120 million. And I think for the Miami Heat, you know, it is a recognition that they have somebody that is so unique mm -hmm. and, and an organization that, that their success has been built around the continuity and the understanding of a front office and a coaching staff. They know what kind of players to get them. Yep. They know who can play for them. And his ability to, and his staff, to develop young players, to take guys who are undrafted, who don't make much money, who've been on the scrap heap, who've been cast aside and build them into a part of that winning organization that has so much financial value for an organization that a hundred and twenty million dollars plus over 15 million a year it's really a bargain he proves it time and time again including this year when you look at really the core guys only being available in eight games together and yet they are still fifth in the eastern conference and you believe that they could really make a push here it's been an incredible journey for eric spolster i mean if you you just look at his journey as you mentioned from the the video room there you see him to where he is on the sidelines now congratulations to a portland pilot great eric spolstra i knew you were gonna get that <laughs> i had to get that one still to come on nba today thank you so much Woj. who has more pressure mounting on the rest of the season zion williamson or draymond green we're going to answer that nba today will be right back after this Tonight on SportsCenter at 6 Eastern, what Pete Carroll's changing the role with the Seahawks means for the NFL coaching carousel. Plus, what the Bears' commitment to head coach Matt Eberflus means for Justin Fields' future in Chicago. And Matthew Stafford sounds off on leading the Rams into a playoff showdown against his former team. SportsCenter, 6 Eastern on ESPN. NBA Today is presented by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. That photo perk, it gets me every time. The beard, though. It's yeah. now time for Setting the Pick, brought to you by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. We're going to start with the best in the West versus the best in the East. The Timberwolves, they beat the Celtics in overtime, remember, earlier this year. That one was in Indianapolis. This one's in Boston. So Minnesota's also on a back-to-back. -back. Delayed flight due to bad weather on the mm. East Coast. They're coming into this one with a couple of things stacked against them. Perk, who you got? I, I got the Celtics, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but I got the Celtics. I feel like the Celtics are going to get their lick back at home. Minnesota beat them a couple months ago in Minnesota. You know what I'm saying? They got in at, what, 1 p.m.? I think so. This afternoon. Now, I was part of I, I experienced that before. When we <coughs> got in into Denver the same day, and we went in there and got busy and spanked some people, but I'm going with the seat. All right, going with the Celtics in that one. How about this one for you, Brian? The red-hot Utah Jazz <laughs> at the Denver Nuggets. I want to pick Post the Jazz so badly to give them some respect and credit because they just won some games we didn't think they were, but then I looked what Denver's done the last – 18 games or 15 and three. <laughs> Jamal Murray's trying to be an all-star. 
Got to go with the Nuggets. <laughs> Going with the Denver Nuggets. All right. Well, how about this one? The Pelicans, they come in tonight winning five of their last <coughs> six games. Cheney, who you got, New Orleans or do you got the Golden State Warriors? I'm going to go with New Orleans on this. No Zion. What do they have? Seven players in double figures. The they're rolling against the Kings. Like, what, a 30-point win. Now they're going to Golden State. They're going to be feeling good. I'm not sure about Zion's status. Questionable. I know questionable. Yep. If he plays, especially with their vacancies <laughs> at center. Ooh, bulldozer. <laughs> so I'm going with the – Bulldozer. <laughs> I, don't I just I just need to get that one on track. All right. More like that. That, that, like that. that is who we're picking. But download the ESPN Bet app and get started. New customers, I don't know if they can get today's moves, but they can receive $100 in bonus bets once they place their first sports book bet with ESPN Bet. All right. Let's, let's stick with the, <laughs> the Pelicans and the Warriors for a little moment. We, we discussed Draymond Green earlier in the show. He is on his path back. He is ramping up to return to this one soon. But if the Warriors miss out on the playoffs this season, I imagine, right, a large portion of the blame it is going to land on Draymond Green's feet. And, and you could say the same thing, right, about Zion Williamson and the, and, the Cel and the Pelicans, particularly with how well they're playing right now. So so who's under more pressure as you look at the outlook of the season? I know very different situations. I know, and I know that Draymond doesn't really have anything to prove in his career, whereas Zion has everything. But Zion's not coming off of a giant suspension where he's partially derailed his team season. So it's got to be Draymond in this situation. And also, it's a $400 million payroll. A lot of thick chips are in the middle. It's it's Draymond. Is shocked. Wendy, we started off so great. <laughs> Draymond, Draymond is not under no damn pressure for a time NBA the whole champion. Is looking at him a right guy game that that is declining. Zion Williamson is under the most pressure. We're talking about a guy. See, we forget when we talk about the best prospects to ever come out. We mentioned LeBron and Victor Wimbanyamba. Zion was right in the middle of that. And right now, the pressure is on Zion Williamson because he's auditioning for the Pelicans because the Pelicans might move on. I don't think they're going to move on just yet. Like the, I don't think we're at that I, point. Right now, you're looking at the Sandys. They're six right now in the Western Conference. They're having great contributions from a number of players, and I think they're just hoping that he's able to piece things together at the right time for them to be able to make a push. Now, yes, he needs to be on the floor. My answer is Draymond Green. The reality is everyone is look, – look, as a player – for his legacy Remember, with right. the championships, and yes, I am always right. As a player, yes, there's like to win four championships in your career, that's like a dream scenario. But right now, like he is the key piece to be able to salvage, or at least all eyes are on the NBA watching Draymond to see how things go and if he's able to keep it together. So the no. pressure is on Draymond because no. the pressure is on Golden State in a real way because we're talking about dynasty here and maybe them fading. You yourself said, Perk, that you think it's over. Like, why is it over? I because of circumstances that Draymond has been. I just can't believe y'all right now, right? Listen, Draymond is already cemented in the Hall of Fame. When he retires, he's going into Absolutely. the Hall of Fame. One of the best defenders we have ever seen. An NBA champion, a gold medalist. Zion Williamson hasn't shown us nothing yet. What is he proving? What has he got under his resume? Nothing. Like he got clauses. In his contract right now. But, uh, but, but the question, listen, oh. Draymond just signed a $100 million contract. Like, oh. that and we're talking about this season. Zion's got a little bit more runway. What you mean he got a little bit more runway? He need to be running a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. That's going to do it for us here about? on NBA Today. You can catch the you Golden hope State Warriors in action. Oh, he better hope he plays Pelicans tonight. tonight on the ESPN family of networks. Hey. <laughs> Straight <laughs> on. We'll see you tomorrow.